You're listening to the Arturnia Archives. Enjoy. And we are back. Uh, we took a nice little short break, got some drink, food, and uh, respite from the combat scene, and we are come back to this clutter of cards and chips to see what happens next in this nighttime raid on the train bound for Dodge. We have ended, we just ended at the end of a round, and so we will be picking back up at the beginning of a round with initiative, which is a quickness check. Um, if you are just now tuning in, welcome. Thanks for joining us. And um, let's just jump right back in. All right. Well, Ollie's jumping right back in head first with that 19 on initiative. Nice. Soy Mage, how did you do on initiative? Two? All right. I rolled Yeah. So you get a card. Oh boy, did somebody draw the Joker? That would be me. Oh man. As everybody can see, the Joker has been. I don't know if you can see this. Which one? Red. Yeah, the red Joker. Yep, yeah, they can definitely see that the red Joker has been drawn. That goes into your hand. Yeah, they're both red Jokers. Look at that. We'll just get rid of one. There. All right. So the one on the screen, you're going to click on it, and then you're going to right-click on it, and the option at the top is take card. It should be there. Yep. Got it. The red joker allows uh, something to happen, and I need to read that real quick. The red joker allows your character to go at any time during the round. You can interrupt another character. You don't even have to roll. The downside is since you can't put a joker up your sleeve, you get the advantage for this one round. That's it. Uh, and I don't get to draw a card or, or chips or anything. So you get to go nice. whenever you want. I still start off at ace, so you can call it then or whenever. There's another advantage for the red joker. Really? What? He gets a random chip from the fate pot. Ooh, let's do that then. The marshal does not get that benefit though. No, I do not. If I get the red joker from my deck or the black joker, all that happens is I get to go first or I have to reshuffle. If the black, uh, since we're on the subject of jokers, if the black joker is drawn, uh, the person that drew it discards that joker in any card up their sleeve at the time. Uh, the other downside to the black joker is it gives the bad guys uh, a draw from the fate pot. Cool, which we didn't get the black joker, got the red one. So starting off at the top, aces. I have an ace. Woot. I will use mine during the ace as well. So I will use my red joker. All right. But I will let the lady. What gentleman? All right, well, um, and McDade, there you are. This gentleman, this uh, dog soldier is holding on to the edge of the train at this point in time. Uh, I want to chop those fingers off of my tomahawk. Okay, so you're going to make your tomahawk roll. He's right in front of you. You're making a call shot for his hand. So that's a negative six, because that's what he's holding on to. Unless Ouch. You, 
unless you want to reach over and try to chop into him, which means you're leaning down and trying to chop at him under the train. Yeah, that would probably be even harder, right? No, it's going to be easier, but you also put yourself in risk. He might grab a hold of you or something. We're just going to go for his hands. That's a minus six. Good luck. All right. So it's uh, normally 5d12 plus two, right? Is what you've been saying? Yep. So 5d12 minus four, that's uh, that's still a lot of exploding d12s rolling around. I still would rather be you than that guy. Whoo, 11. So it's an 11, so that's plus uh, my plus two, so that's 13 minus six. So that's seven. Seven, and you needed a five. You hit. Yay! You got a seven. Now he's going to drop his highest card, which happens to be a five, to use a fight and roll to try to swap to his other his other hand, trying to avoid being hit. All right, so he has to get a eight on his fighting roll. I don't like this guy. He's going to also drop a white chip, so he gets an extra dice the roll, taking him from four D10 to five D10, and he's got to get an eight. I'm upset. He got a nine. You chop down with your tomahawk into the steel of the train. Sparks fly. The dog soldier swaps to his other hand, begins pulling himself up. Oh, you just wait until my uh, my six comes around. <laughs> All right. Soy mage. Real fast. Okay, well, the good doctor is actually torn. Do I want to shoot at the man on the horse or do I want to know because I may run the risk of hitting her in the back if I try to shoot at the uh, dog soldier hanging on for dear life? Too far away, four cars, three cars difference. You can't see that. Good point. So. No one knows I'm being a freak. Point. Except for the Indian that is having issues with his hands. Yeah, he's having a bad day. So then I am going to spend this turn uh, aiming my Gatling pistol at the gentleman who, or at the dog soldier who just shot me, and I'm fixing to return. Right, so you're taking this round to aim. That's on your ace. That's on the ace term. So now we're on kings, queens. I'm up with the queen. I am too with the queen of spades. That's my queen of clubs, so you beat me. All right. With at this point in time is at the back of the train, which is also the horse rider, which is also the one that you are currently aiming at. With gut wound, he takes a moment, continues to spur his horse, firing from the back of the horse. He's going to take a minus two. You have cover and the light, so it's a minus four to his total. His pistol is a D8. Fix that. Two with a minus four. He gets a 10. Okay. A hit and a raise. This is at the good Pinkerton, by the way, not at Ollie. Ollie is now at cover on that corner of the train. All right, so nothing I can really do to help out. All right, a hit and a raise. So now he's going to roll location. Uh, does the doctor want to dodge? Like he gets the chance to, right? He has to sacrifice his highest card to get the heck out of the way. Because I know you get to declare it before damage is rolled. And I just rolled location. Damage is and, coming quickly. And I will I will tank this shot, and I'm going to repay it in kind here. So you're not going to... Okay. 14 is a hit in the arm. He gets a raise. He gets a raise to allow it to move to a 15, putting it in your upper guts. No extra damage, but it's a shot that can hurt in the long run. All right, let's see how this works out. Now, his damage goes from a 2d6 down to a 2d4 because he's shooting through the doorway. Seven points, which is another wound. So you got a wound in your gut, a wound in your chest, and you'll take a D6 in wind. Another, a one point of wind. So another grazing wound. Oh, doctor, 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 doctor. And that was right. Queen of Spades. Ollie. Yeah, uh, Queen of Clubs. Uh, I'm going to plug that guy. 
Yeah, we're gonna keep it with that uh, the gizzard's shot uh, on the horseman there. Uh, so it worked out to a minus two total. Uh, that's a nine to hit. All right. He will definitely drop his highest card, which is the next highest card, which is a four, and the attempts to pull his horse back and get a distance away as he sees that you're opening fire on him, um, which is going to be a nimbleness roll. For yeah, so he needs a 10 or better. And uh, I have a chip, so I can throw a chip, which makes him have a 5d10, and he gets a 12. Uh, is that counting any penalties? Um, He has not had any wounds yet, and... Okay. I don't think he gets penalties for dodging while riding a horse. Alrighty. Um, I thought he was hurt, but that's fine. Nope. Um, I shoot the second time. Alrighty then. Uh, that's an 11 to hit. He has nothing else to lie back on, so that 11's gonna go on through. There we go. So that's a solid Winchester shot to the gizzards. So, so, what was that? Five to extra die of damage right there. And re-rolling that one pays off pretty handily. Uh, so that is 21 points of damage. That's three wounds to his gizzards. So nine points of wind. Okay. Does he fall off his horse or I do I shoot him, him again? I will make him do a riding roll. We're gonna set the target number at a five. Ooh, he got a three. Yes, he falls off his horse. Alrighty. I figure off their horse is out of the fight. Ollie's not doing security shots. He's not in that business. Um, I've still got one shot left. Um, I don't think there's anybody left outside the train, right? Not on this like side. riding on the sides? Yeah, not on this side that you can see. All right. Uh, I'm just not going to shoot three times this round then. Um, so, yeah, Ollie's, Ollie's doing his job and keeping the sides clear. Um, so, yeah, I'll save a bullet. All right, um, Dr. Webb, uh, as you got into the doorway and started taking fire from this uh, dog boy, uh, as you took a moment to try to focus in, that gunslinger, um, which I found out they actually had a different name. We'll talk about that at the end. The gunslinger leans out with his rifle and takes several shots, and that Indian backed off pretty quickly and fell out of his saddle. So your attempts to brace yourself and aim in the, the doorway um, is, is now at the point where, you, where it's, there's nothing to shoot here. So what I'm going to say is, because you have the red joker, I will allow you to take your aim action back and do something else with it. Because the red joker is significant as far as this the game mechanics. Same with a legendary chip. Um, then yeah, instead of the aim, uh, I'm just gonna slump into the inside real fast and I have two arrows I'm assuming... They're not arrows. Well, they're both present. Okay. Oh, that's right. Bullets. So, uh, yeah, okay, I thought for some reason he was using a bow. My bad. Yeah. Um, no, so I'm gonna... I'm gonna slump down, brace myself against the door, and I'm gonna start working on trying to get myself... At least not as injured as I was. Okay. You lean back into the doorway and watch blood spreading across your shirt at this point in time underneath your jacket. And you're checking to see how bad the wounds are. All right. Um, that'll take you out of this situation. And I only have one card left. And I see you guys have a smattering. So let's get rolling through this real quick to see what happens. Um, we were just on Queens. And now we're on Jack's. That's where my card up my sleeve is. All right. You want to use it? Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and do a quick impromptu medical roll. I know I shouldn't and should let the good doctor heal and should let the good miracle man heal me, but I don't know what all the man can do just yet, and Understand. this is way too no. All right. Make your medicine roll. 
Um, for the wound level you're at, it is a seven. With a minus two to the heal, because kind of doing this to myself. You begin applying pressure and heading towards your medical kit. All right, um, Jack. Uh, and by the way, when you put that Jack up your sleeve, you can use it at any time. You don't have to wait for the Jack to come back around. Oh, I know. I, I'm just, I was using that one so I could actually, uh, no, I was saving it for a rainy day. This is a rainy Excellent. Tens. Uh, Ollie's up at 10. Um, he's just going to be like checking both sides of the car, hollering, everybody all right? I don't see any more of the buggers. Uh, and just kind of, I guess, cognition rolling to look for anybody, or not cognition. Yeah, sorry, cognition. Uh, just looking for any more targets. Because um, the last guy that I shot up through the floor, you had just described, or through the ceiling, you had just described him as yelling and stomping and stuff. So for right now, Ollie, I think, is just going to be looking for targets. Uh, so I'm going to make just a cognition roll, uh, and you can let me know if I spot anything. Okay, all right, and that is on a, a 10. Uh, so, cognition total of a three. The the skinnier of the two gentlemen who introduced themselves as Pinkertons pass you by with some, looks like bad wounds, and so you're distracted, as you're, uh, everybody okay? You see him pass by, and he's like holding blood, trying to like press it back in at this point in time, so you realize not everybody's okay. Right, but he's the doctor that I would holler for if I was going to holler for a doctor, so that's still not exactly my problem. I can't help with that. Fair enough. Um, Nobody's hollering about any more dog soldiers. So uh, I'm just looking. We will have to wait till we get around to about a six before somebody actually gets a chance to respond to that. Right, James? Yes, my highest card is six of clubs. All right, so nine. So just slide that card up your sleeve there. uh. I I used it to make the roll and stuff. I'm fine with that having cost the ten. Eight. I am up at eight. The eight, I'm going to pick up my sleeve and just wait until I see a target. Uh, so he's just going to stay there with his Winchester shouldered, mm-hmm. looking for a dog soldier that needs a shooting. So I'm up at eight. That one's going up my sleeve. Excellent. Seven, six. Six of diamonds. Oh, boy. Let's do I'd this. I'd like to. Yeah, I want to I want to take another whack at this. I'm pretty mad. All right. So it's the same sort of thing with the called shot to hands from before. Yes. Now it's yep. just the um, other hand. Yeah. So I've got my 5d12, and it's going to be plus 2 minus 6. Uh, and you can just type minus 4 at the end of it there, right after the, like, the keep 1, the K1 part. Oh, perfect. You Thank can you. just put minus 4, it does it itself. I think I'm actually going to spend a white chip. Oh, boy. Actually, yeah, yeah, let's go. You can drop more than one white chip. Yeah. Because he's got a card, too. Hmm. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my... Uh, my white chip for now. Okay. I'm just gonna be real pissed if this doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> All right, 17. Oh my God. He's gonna sacrifice his last accent to try to grab the other side. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. Like you're just standing there with a tomahawk in each hand playing whack-a-mole and this guy is desperately trying not to get stuck <laughs> under a train. This oh, maybe he shouldn't have shot up this train, huh? This poor man, he is never going to play the piano or the flute the same way again, is he? <laughs> um, I'm going to throw a chip in there because I have I have to try to say try to save this guy. It's pivotal at this point. I mean, trying desperately. Yeah, 
trying desperately to hang on to the train while a berserker harrowed is hacking at with tomahawks feels like kind of an all or nothing affair. It is. Nobody's it, nobody's half-assing that. I don't feel I should drop a blue chip or a red chip for this, but I'm definitely dropping another white chip, giving me an extra dice um, to try to swap over. And this time, uh, his main goal is to try to swing around the edge of the train away from where you're chopping. So if he fails miserably, he's done for. But if he passes, he's moved to a new position. What's the minus? Up two. I'm giving him a minus two to like halfway reach around the edge of the train. And what's his goal? Uh, to beat uh, a 17. Bring so he it, needs bitch. An, he needs an 18. All right, here goes. 12. Yep, he's going down. He tries to swing and reach for tra- chains and whatnot that dangle underneath, but your tomahawk sinks into that wrist to do some damage. So does the train feel like a bump? <laughs> well, uh, no, the train weighs so much, there's no bump. It's a more it's a squish. Yay! Dead Indian. All right. Um, Father Cross, the two Indians that are up there with you are exiting, they're leaving, they're not sticking around at them, they're getting off, they're getting back on. Um, the combat has come to an end at this point, uh, as you, Anne has tomahawked the one off the train, it's a terrible whack-a-mole. Rusty, you're right. Right? Like, that's just, that's such a terrifying mental image as, like, that dude who is suddenly in a quick-time event in a game that allows no saves, right? Like he's just, this is not how I thought today was gonna go when I went running all the way up this train. What the hell is even happening? So, okay, so I have to say, I said it in chat, but I'm gonna sing it again. She had to hack somebody's hand. Oh, she had to hack somebody's hand. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, this has been a really fun session. Uh. Ollie, for his part, as we kind of fall out of combat time, he's going to line himself up at the window and and line up that Winchester pretty expertly on those last two guys as they're like scrambling away and jumping onto horses and yada yada. But as long as they're not pointing guns at us, he's going to let them go. But like he's going to be like covering them with his held cards like up his sleeve. But as long as they're just leaving, he's just going to let them leave. Well, they do shoot their pistols over their shoulders, like up into the air and stuff. A show of like force and intimidation, but they're not actually, their their angling is terrible for actually getting a good shot off. Right, it's the desultory, whatever, we'll, we'll come back maybe, and we'll show you then. But yeah, like as long as it's not, you know, he's, he's keeping an eye out, he's got pretty good vision. He knows a thing or two about guns. Um, and as long as they're not shooting at folk, he's just gonna kind of cover them as they ride away. Um, and then let out like a big sigh at the end. Like, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and collect all the cards now. The mess on the table. (laughs) Yep, I'm going to do some cleaning. I'm just going to take stuff off the table as far as chip goes. You guys get to cheap your chips. Here we go. And I'll leave that as is and reshuffle for next game session. I won't worry about that. But we're going to segue back over. We're going to transition back to the other screen. Or the wanted. That looks nice. Um, Yeah, so the conductor at this point in time he pushes past you and continues like stumbling into the next car, which is like a cargo container of sorts. And he, he, you know, as you're doing your thing and he takes off, he doesn't stick around to watch the rest of the event. So there you are. Um, the dog soldier fell under the train. There was a bit of a scream. Aye! And then there's squishy sound. Uh, what would you like to do at this? I mean, you're, you're definitely in the moment. Um, 
I'm I'm looking around to see if there's any sign of anyone else because I'm at the point where I'm not stopping if they're around. Um, but as I realize that that it's done, um, I'm gonna really focus on like my breathing and um, stepping back into the car and but like keeping the the, the door open for fresh air to hit me mm-hmm. um, as I calm down and um, yeah and I start to kind of like rebalance and and think about what I've done. <laughs> As you take this moment to gain respite from the situation, you're paying attention to surroundings, looking. Your hand focuses, you focus on your right hand, the tomahawk, the metal tomahawk with the feathers, and you hold on to it, you're clenching into it. You can feel no tugs, no pulls. It's not going anywhere. It's just there in your hand. It doesn't seem to be trying to pull you in any direction, which when there is, and you know, I I guess the best way to describe it is when there is um, an Indian around, it will give a tug, almost like a guidance. So it's almost like when the blade uh, glows blue for uh, (laughs) the Hobbit. I did want to make the Lord of the Rings reference, but yes, you're correct. But this is actually (laughs) tugging physically in a direction. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Um, You step back into the car and where do you want to go? Um, I'm still in the fancy car, right? Yes, you're at at the head of the fancy car. Um, I'm gonna kind of tuck the bloody tomahawks, um, like, uh, kind of into the folds of my skirt out of sight and get back to my stuff and change clothes quickly. Um, All right, getting into the cabin with the, the, the fat banker is on the ground at this point in time. He hasn't gotten back up. Um, the small accountant is cowering in his seat behind a briefcase, uh, and they're kind of like looking around. As you enter, they jump, and the fat man fumbles with a derringer, but then drops it to the ground, yelling, don't take me, take, take, I'll give you any kind of money you want. And then he realizes it's just you. It's you that have entered, because your car is shared, and so the tomahawks are covered. You move over and grab your briefcase and take it out into the hall and head to the bathroom to get changed. Yeah, I make comments about how terrifying that was and um, how what a relief it is that we're all safe. All right. Um, the banker is too terrified to make any other comments and the accountant is also too terrified to remember behind this briefcase. You get changed and I'm assuming you put your tomahawks back to their hiding spot. Yeah, after they clean, I clean them uh, off, they uh, go back in their spot under my skirts. Cool. All right, we're going to move back to the rest of the train. Um, Father, Cross, um, the the dog boys, the dog soldiers um, are exiting the train at this point in time. There's a little bit of yelling, but it doesn't seem like forced yelling coming from the train below you. What would you like to do? When I'm sure they're gone, then I'll go ahead and climb down the ladder and uh, since I know they're... Uh, there's no passengers towards the rear of the car. That's correct. Uh, I, w- I will actually start making my way through the car towards the front, just looking over the people for any injured. Okay. And out of character, since I know our good doctor is injured, I'm, I think he was the only one that was actually injured along the way. Oh no, there is other fighting going along. So there are NPCs that might've got a stray shot. Um, You guys were dealing with part of it and your actions resolved the combat in a whole, but you did not have, like there were other Indians fighting and they peeled away and there were other passengers that were shooting out like Dr. Walters or uh, Whiskey. They were shooting out at the same time and engaged in it. And they were basically with those things going on in the background. Um, So as you move through, 
Um, there is a tall, scrawny man um, who is laying in the seat. Uh, Doctor, I'm still in the game. We did, hang on, GM Cat's complaining about something. I think she's just, she's. It's adorable. It's like, Yeah, she's You're trying to tell me. Yeah, she's telling me I did it wrong. There's supposed to be more uh, the dog boys. And she didn't want to use dog boys. She wanted to use uh, kitty warriors. And that just, it wasn't going to fly. It wasn't historically accurate. And, you know, arguing with a cat is almost pointless. Um, <laughs> more bounty chips. Uh, yes. Y- yes, you were, um, you were talking about a tall, skinny man. Yep, he's laying on a bench right now. And he has taken a gut wound. Dr. Walters is over him, applying some pressure and putting some bandages on it, trying to talk to a woman who looks like a school arm. Keep it here. And she seems to be unaffected by all the blood, while nearby uh, a rather skinny woman is has fainted, uh, and her kids are just, like, standing there watching. So there's a lot of things going on. So, yes, you found somebody with an injury. How bad is he? Does it look pretty severe? All you can see is a bunch of gauze and covering and whatnot pressing into the guy's stomach as Dr. Walters is getting up and heading to another car. Do I see Dr. Walters' injury? No, Dr. Walters does not look injured. Yeah, we've got we've got two Pinkerton doctors, remember. So Oh, I was yeah. thinking there was only one out of the two of uh, one doctor out of the two of them. No, they're both doctors. Right. Uh I move forward and um I look down at uh, the gentleman and I look at the school marm and I say, How bad is he? She looks to you and goes, uh, he took a bullet to the gut. All right, we're going to segue away from there and go to Ollie. Uh, Ollie is just going to holler into, like, everybody at once. Uh, there's a doctor up that way if anybody needs him. NPCs, it's me, Remel Turnus, and I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to our Patreon backers. Seriously, your support makes all of what we do possible, and we are all extremely grateful for each and every one of you. If you aren't yet a Patreon backer, you can head over to www.patreon.com slash to check out the different tiers and rewards we have available. All Patreons get access to our podcast releases a week early, get their names in the credits of our live-streamed shows, have first dibs on any casting calls for new games and shows we produce, and more. Once again, you can join our Heroes Hall at www.patreon.com slash remalternus, and thank you all again for listening. Now back to the show. And then kind of sheepishly, as he's still just kind of making his way through the passenger car, like, anybody happen to have any 44 rounds lying around? Or uh, did any of them fellas maybe drop a Winchester before we kicked them off the train? I'm worried they might come back. And uh, my yellow boy's a little hungry. But anyways, uh, there's a doctor up that way if anybody needs one. But also, any 44 rounds. So like he's just kind of, like, he knows he's not going to help anybody with medical stuff. He's trying to be a good person and care about others but he also knows that one of the ways he shows he cares is shooting trouble so he's like my winchester is running real dry if i'm gonna help anybody and those fellas come back 
I need to half-heartedly at least look for some ammo. So, uh, yeah, he's just uh, kind of checking on people, kind of pointing people towards the doctor, kind of hoping that maybe one of the dog soldiers dropped a box of 100 Winchester rounds uh, before he went falling anywhere, you know, that sort of thing. Whiskey will get your attention as he has pulled himself up and he's trying to clear the jam in his buffalo rifle, and he'll set a box of 45 rounds next to him. It's not a full box because you can hear it rattling from here. But he sets a, some down. Was that was that forty fives or forty fours? Did you misspeak? I, I missed. Or did you mean for it to be the difference? Uh, I will give him a nod, and I'll just like pick up the box and be loading my rifle while I continue to like tell people which way to go to a doctor. All right. So I figure if nothing else, I'm gonna top this puppy back up at, at sixteen for now. And um, there are twenty two rounds in the box right now. It holds thirty. So yeah, uh, I'll take a dozen of his rounds and then you know, give him an, a nod of thanks and, and give him back the box. But I'll just be plunking rounds into the Winchester, kind of you know, have it tucked under the crook of my arm and be plunking rounds into the magazine underneath while just like trying to get anybody that's hurt to head towards the doctor. And uh, that's what I was gonna do for at least the next you know, minute or two. Uh, All right, Dr. Webb, you get back to where you're sitting and uh, as you plop down next to your box, uh, your bag, you open it and begin rummaging through, looking for a pair of clamps or something and some numbing agents. Um, Dr. Walter comes up and he pushes you back. Dr. Webb, you got hit. That does seem to be the case. Ah, uh, uh, we have a gentleman back there with a gut wound, but you are much more important. Um, I will, I will, uh, I can assist you. And then you need to come help me with this. This is a bad wound. I cannot pull the bullet by myself. Very well. I, then let us... He will assist put, putting gauze onto you, you know, opening your shirt, putting gauze onto you and stuff like that. And uh, as he's dressing and putting it in as quickly as possible, packing them, um, you see the Anne McDade uh, walking down the center of the business car, um, heading in your direction. Uh, see... In the dim light, she seems almost ghostly white. Well, she is kind of ghostly white, but that's not the point. Um, you also, you were in the back car when she took sprinting off to the front car. She, uh, do you want to cover yourself up as you're being worked on by Dr. Walters? Um, I am not, and it's not out of disrespect, but it's more out of a, I have, for lack of a better word, it's like, social normities don't, don't matter when gun, when gunshots apply. Fair enough. Um... And do you want to engage the doctor while he's being worked on? Uh, yeah, as soon as I see him, I'll, uh, I'll um, kind of rush over and, um, oh dear lord, you got hit. Are you all right, Mr. Doctor? Uh, so far it looks like I will live. So I have that going. Do you need anything? A glass of water or, or, or some whiskey? The man working on him gives a nod. If you could get some whiskey or something stronger, that will definitely help him. I need his nerves back together. There's a man in the back with a gut shot, a, a bullet in his guts. On it, I'll, I'll get it right away. And I, I take off running to help. You know that the banker had a nice little collection of alcohol sitting next to his chair. I'll head up to the banker. Uh, do you ask politely for the the alcohol or just take it? Um, I'll kind of, kind of both. Like I, I, I'm grabbing for it, but I'm like, um, the doctor's been uh, shot, and they need some uh, some some alcohol to calm his nerves. He's got some work to do on some people that have been hurt. Uh, is it all right if I take this? As I'm already holding it. Make a persuasion roll. All right. Excellent. 
yeah, the the he gives a nod. Yes, yes, the doctor. Well, of course. Take take anything here. This is a Y wrist whiskey rye. It's really good. It's from Tennessee. Thank you, sir. And I'm like shouting it over my shoulders. I'm already running back to the. Up. All right, Doctor Webb, your wound negatives are gone for the time being. They've been tended to, and you are at positive. You're at zero, not positive modifiers. So let's go back to uh, Father Cross. Uh, the school mom doesn't know how damn bad the wound is. What would you like to do? Okay. Uh, in my years as a blessed, I'm pretty sure I've seen something this bad, especially with as much blood that is going on. And I look at it and I put my hands over it and I say, Madam, since the doctors are coming back, why don't you go into the kitchen car and boil some water for them? They are going to need some uh, something to keep clean while they work. I will tend to this man until they return. Of course, of course. She takes off and uh, heads to the kitchen. And when she starts to move away, I look around to see if anyone is actually paying attention. Yeah, three kids. Are looking at me? Yep. Okay. Is this guy looking or does he look glazed over, sort of? Um out of it yeah he's like a glazed donut man his head's to one side his mouth is open his eyes are kind of hey it looks bad man there's a lot of blood too okay. it's all already on the floor of the the car i mean yeah i'm gonna use lay on hands excellent and what is his wounds uh dead he is dead but you don't know that because you haven't made a medicine roll yet so go ahead and make your lay on hands roll boom if only a roll that large would bring back the dead Wow. Well, hold on. Is he truly dead or did he just, you know, he, he's just leaning over that edge enough that he would be considered dead by normal means? God does not discriminate between dead and six wounds. Ah, the, three, uh, the reason I was asking is uh, Leon Hand specifically says, uh, really I cannot bring back the truly dead. So if he's at that point that, you know, normal means would be he's dead, I may still be able to save him. Well, you lay upon hands, you call upon the mighty, the might of the almighty himself. You bring about, you know, a moment of rapture or just not rapture, acknowledgement of yourself. Maybe even throw out some really good lines. Um, and you're pretty sure the almighty's watching. You've had some pretty close calls tonight. Cause your leg's still pretty messed up, but there is nothing. No glow, no amber effects, no sensation or flushing feeling. This gentleman doesn't stir, nothing. All right, then I am, uh, then just in case, uh, anyone around me is gonna see me performing normal last rites, mm -hmm. but I'm actually invoking the miracle last rites. Okay, and what does that do? It will prevent him from coming back and being similar to Anne. I don't know what you're talking about. Nobody knows what he's talking about. <sighs> I'm not sure that we will not. Uh, we will not end up with a hard road. What are you talking about? There's no such thing as a hard road. They don't exist. Sounds like some BS. I know, right? Reading too much fiction. That's a pretty rude thing to say about that nice lady. Dime novels. Too many dime novels. Yes, he's on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He's on hot. All right. Oh. Dr. Webb oh. and Dr. Walter both come back over at this point in time. Dr. Webb, make your medicine roll. Target number is a five. 
That gentleman on the bench is not br- Well, it would seem then that we were either too late, right on time, or too soon. Which one, I'm not sure, but unfortunately that gentleman is no longer amongst- Walter looks, Dr. Walter looks to you and says, shall we attempt at least to rest, rest, restore him with the uh, compressions? But then again, the hole in his guts, too much blood loss, it's a shame. Everybody who is in the car at this point in time, you guys with whiskey, you guys are pretty much all milling around the same car. The priest is making final rites. This gentleman has passed to the beyond the others, to the beyond the pale. Um, and the words the priest speak kind of make you shiver. And and, and it, maybe it's because his uh, they ring so true, talking about how this gentleman has passed, or maybe there's something else. But it definitely. It hits home, almost. Listen to him pass the, the final rites for this gentleman on the bench. Clearly, this is a, a, a true holy man, and uh, as I kneel down and, and I pray with him um, and cross myself and everything else, because I'm a good Christian woman. Anybody else want to join in the uh, final rites for this uh, uh, lost soul? Ollie will remove his hat uh, and, like, cross himself quickly but like still holding his rifle with his other hand uh, and he's still keeping an eye out the windows uh, looking for any more trouble. But he'll just kind of reflexively snatches his hat off and like it's hanging on the corner of just the nearest seat back or so like he just kind of takes it off real quick, uh, but he's gonna be keeping an eye out for, for more trouble. So he kind of goes through the motions of, you know, not being disrespectful about it, but he also knows that God mostly didn't put him here for praying. God put him here for keeping an eye out for folks who's praying. So he's gonna be keeping an eye out for Trump. Um, the good doctor will remove his hat uh, long enough and we'll do that. We'll, and then we'll just take it off for a moment, put it back on, and then just keep walking up and down the train, trying to find any more injured. Because his thought process is, well, that's one. That's not my job. My job is to make sure he don't have to meet them this quick. Okay. Uh, there are a total of three individuals that have been injured. The guy you just dealt with, yourself, and then, of course, uh, a businessman in the next car up. One of the, um, sorry, sorry, not the businessman in the car up. It was the uh, cowboy who was playing poker, um, the Pony Express rider. Um, so... Well, he took a grazing wound. He was shooting back as well. He's fine. A quick bandage. It was, it's literally this uh, farmer traveling with his family that didn't make it. Um, so as we're coming to a wrapping of the end of this point in time, the conductor, oh, it's the puppy. <laughs> as we're coming to an end at this point in time, the conductor will let you guys know that the engineer has up the speed. We're going to get away from this place and then we're going to slow back down. Everything's going to be fine. He comes to uh, the father and says, because um, the wife has already been consoled. By the way, the, the, the skinny woman to one side with the three kids, that was her husband. And so now she's traveling alone. And so she's all sad. And the conductor wishes you to help him take this individual to the back of the train. So you're probably going to need some help physically to move this individual. Who will you select? I know I for one am... Well, okay, sorry. Bad reverberation. Um, no, no. Uh, I for one am injured, plus am not the strongest individual. So I will ask our dear Ollie for assistance. Ollie the oxen. Ollie is very much not an oxen, but uh, he'll just go, yeah, I, I carried a few bodies in my day. Um, 
and he will he will assist. All right. Uh, he is thoroughly pretty average in physique. Uh, his strength and vigors are, are not great, uh, but yeah. The conductor will um, get some keys and then head up to the car with the dining setup and grab an extra tablecloth and bring it back to put over the body. And so Dr. Webb, Father Cross, Ollie, and the conductor, unfortunately, he won't ask Anne for help because I'm going to allow a lady to come back and see this man to lay. I prefer uh, helping to console the missus anyway. She is definitely beside herself. You can tell that she's not the healthiest of women around, uh, and she's got three kids. The kids are sobbing too, so right now that passenger car is, it's a sad moment. The three of you walk to the back as you are heading to the back. The conductor at some point says, we just need to go to this car. He makes it an effort to describe the car by name. And then he says something that catches all of your attention. We can put him with the rest of them. As you head back to the car, he gets to a black car, unlocks the door. And as you walk in, there are coffins. There is a crate big enough for another coffin and whatnot. And um, Father Cross, all of these coffins have somebody in there. Ollie, Ollie just looks kind of wide-eyed and nervous, but he doesn't, like, say anything. <laughs> He's just kind of like... Do you often travel with the dead, or are you taking these poor souls home? Um, well, we never said anything to anybody about it, but yeah, we're taking these poor souls home. The, a few of them are, are Union soldiers uh, who signed up, and they didn't make it out. Um, that one over there is a lawman, and those two over there are some widows going home to be with their family. All right, since I know the good doctor is a Pinkerton, I just kind of look at him a moment, and I'll look around, and I go... You're now in a car with uh, 10 I, dead people. Yeah, I think at best that considering the recent events, you definitely not tell them what is in this car. That's why no one knew about it until now, and I'm, it's not required by the company to tell anyone what's on board. Uh, y'all don't got a train car full of nitroglycerin or anything, do you? Well, I mean, if it's on the manifest, we would, but I'm not allowed to talk about what's on the manifest. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you do got a whole nother train car just like this, only full of nitroglycerin, then maybe I just soon hop off uh, before Dodge. No, no, but, uh, no. You don't have to get off there. And if we did, it would be stored safely because uh, there are standards that will easily protect any container. Like being shot at. All right. Uh, well, I'd just as soon leave this card to the doctors and the Padre and such anyhow. Uh, Don't worry, Ollie. It's not like they're going to get up and walk around on their own. And I laugh, you know, that's a there is nothing to be scared of. Uh, me and corpses go way back, but don't mean I want to hang about them. Okay, the train hits a bump. The bump shakes the train. The man's arm rolls out from under the cloth. Everybody make a gut check. It's only a five. Sweet. This is why I took strong summon. Once again, I started to type my die roll into Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> You're showing the audience how to type it and roll 20. All right. Um, I'm good. Although it might have caused lesser people to jump out of their skin, the man's, the dead man's arm falling out from under the sheet does not have an effect. The three of you, the four of you, uh, the conductor, I, go ahead. I, uh, you know, I just kind of look at it and I go, oh, son, you, 
must keep your hands to yourself. What would the ladies think? And I raise the sheet enough to put his arm back up over his stomach and lay the sheet back down. It's like, are we, are we putting him on like a, is there some sort of table or bench or something? Or are we just kind of laying him off, you know, laying him on the floor in the corner or? Uh, or- putting him on a pile of, there's a series of crates long crates that he's being laid up on and there's to one side so he can't really roll to one side and then um, the conductor is going to put a piece of uh, wood into the floorboards so that it presses him so in case if he does roll the other way he might not fall off all right well after we lay him atop of the crates um ollie is going to uh ollie's going to look like he is looting the body uh like he's checking the guy's pockets for a watch. He's, che- you know, pulling off his wedding band, uh, stuff like that um, in broad view. Like he's not doing it secretively, uh, but I'm going to give people a chance to respond if they want to be like aggro about it. Yeah, the, if no the players won't respond, then the, the conductor will. And <clears throat> just bringing his stuff to his lady. Yeah, I was going to say, because Dr. Webb was going to make a very loud, very obvious cough to get it. Hmm. Yeah. I oh, stop him when he goes for the wedding ring. Everything else is fine. You don't, you don't think we want to keep that? We will leave that up to her and then we'll come back for it. But I have buried many married men while they were still wearing their wedding bands. Whatever you reckon's best, Padre. And like Ollie will just hand whatever he finds to the priest to give to the grieving family. But he figured he might mind going through a dead man's pockets less than any of the others. All right. You found about $5.25 and a couple of pieces of paper and something that looks like a deed to land. So he's definitely keeping the important stuff with him. Um, He has both dollars and uh, union bills. Sorry, not union bills, uh, Confederate bills. So he had money from both sides. So maybe he was a smart guy. You take the materials uh, back up. Go ahead. In the middle of handing all of that to the preacher, uh, Ollie's also going to like fish in his own pocket and he pulls up a handful of coins uh, and gives uh, about half of his money uh, into Father Cross's gathered hands. So he gets another 50 cents. Uh, Ollie is down to 54 cents in remaining. Awesome. That's great. Um, you give, you go back into the other car. You meet up with the widow now. Explain to her what's going on and what happened. You hand her all the things. There's a lot of talking. People are calming down. It's late. The conductor's walking around checking on everybody. Um, the Pony Express rider who took an injury is fine. Um, Dr. Webb is, of course, the worst individual here at this point in time. No. Father Cross is the worst injured individual. He's got a pretty swollen-looking leg at this point in time. I healed that. Um, Oh, that's right. You did. You made a miracle roll, didn't you? Yes. And so we come to an end at this point in time as um, the train speeds on into the night, heading toward um, the gulch, about to cross a bridge and be into Coyote Confederate territory. You survived an attack on the train by a bunch of dog soldiers, and now all you have to do is get through one more territory, and then it's all back up into Dodge. It'll be great. Only only two more days on this train. No, only a day and a half in this train, right? You've been listening to another fine tale in the Alternia archives. Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to our archive. So, until next time, take care of yourself, okay? Goodbye.